Welcome to Whiskey Fent, where we believe every bottle of whiskey has a story to tell. Three guys, one bottle, endless bonding. Here are your hosts, Brian, Evan, and JJ. Two, one. We're hey guys. On. Fuck. Uh, we're on. We're starting, we're starting this way. <laughs> yep. Hey guys, welcome back to Whiskey Fit Podcast. Uh, once again, it is one of your hosts, one of the three heads. This is Evan, and to my right today is... It's Ryan, I'm here. And across from me is... is JJ. And we actually have a fourth here today. We have brought in a special guest. Merrick is going to join us, and uh, he has brought the whiskey. And as always, when we have a guest, we're going to kind of get out of the way and let him talk. But Merrick is one of the members at Ryan's gym, and we have all become close friends with him. Uh, but Merrick, how are you doing today? I am excellent. I'm feeling a little sore. We just finished our powerlifting meet. Yeah. Thought, it, thought it was a smashing success. We do a lot of meathead things around here. So uh-huh. what, you know, first off, who are you? What do you do? Because that's kind of important to this podcast. Uh, and then we'll get into what you brought. All right. Well, like like you said, my name is Merrick Aiken. Um, I work in the alcohol industry, so this is quite appropriate. Um, I started off in beer and for the last three years have worked for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, so we're a distributor. Um, and uh, I do commercial strategy, which kind of means whatever the company needs it to mean. It's a lot. It's kind of like internal consulting. So it can be uh, how do we use our salespeople, what items are you know trending well in the market, um, so this is, uh, like right now I specifically focus Bacardi brands and heaven Hill distillery. So, uh, that was fairly recent, but I, uh, alcohol has been, has been kind to me and my family. So you're not an alcoholic though. No. Indeed, let that be known. No. Negative. 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 No. So I like Ryan's definition of alcoholism, right? So if there is still wine or a whiskey sitting in your cabinet that you have not completed that bottle, then you're not an alcoholic. That's correct. That's perfectly yeah, stated. That's, that's, uh, it's one definition. Yeah, man. So, but like that. it's it's kind of fun. So he's he can actually out nerd Ryan. This is going to be interesting. <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to say much on this podcast except yeah, I, maybe throw a monkey wrench I, in here. I, I feel like I'll have a comment or two here, probably about the weather or probably nothing else. I'll just sit back and relax. And but, I really wish we had a video podcast of what's going on or a Twitch going on right now because Ryan's sitting in like a child's chair. <laughs> it's like he is it's at perfect. least a head and a half under everybody else. But it's perfect. back to what we were doing. So Merrick, what did you? What is it? He's got two bottles. They look eerily similar, but I don't think that they're similar. What do we got? So this is Catoctin Creek Distillery. So this is from my hometown in Percival, Virginia. So this is like deeply personal to me. Um, they started in 2009, uh, Scott and Becky Harris. So she was a uh, she was a chemical engineer by trade, and he was in, um, oh gosh, I think he was in like accounting, IT software, something along those lines, and they decided to pivot into making whiskey so virginia is actually the birthplace of american whiskey so back in the day like most whiskey was all made with rye because rye was what readily available um and it was just it was just kind of what, what people knew how to use so they specialize in rye whiskey what we have is their standard um round roundstone rye it's an 80 proof um everything they do is single barrel which is really nice so this this one um and it's great. So rye is rye is nice because you don't have to age it as long it's as you do good. kind of typical bourbon uh, to really get it to you know kind of that more pleasant, approachable um, phase of aging. And so that's so that's kind of their standard. What we're going to pour first. This other bottle is one of their very very early releases. So when you're a young distillery, a lot of the whiskey you release is you know it's not it hasn't been aged a tremendous amount of time. 
Um, so this is their one of their this is their third or three hundredth barrel that they ever um, aged, and they bottled it separately. They gave it to a specific store. It is. It's uh, it's it's fifty eight percent alcohol. So you got so well. By the way, he looked at me because he knows that's gonna hurt me. But it may hurt me. Real real quick, just Merrick is super smart and well versed on this. Obviously, these two gentlemen across from me know that, and they're tracking what he says. Three hundred bottles or three hundred barrels means nothing to this fucking guy. So can can you give <laughs> a little bit more for our listeners and for this? What it like? Is that a year? Is that like ten years? Is can you give me a little more? So it took them five years to barrel or to age 300 barrels of whiskey. So that means when they started off, probably in 2009, they um, made a bunch of whiskey, put it into a barrel, and they probably aged it one to two years. So it, it it's tough. When you're starting up a distillery, usually you're going to make gin, vodka, things that you can make very, very quickly, and you can start selling just to, for the sake of like, you know, cash flow. Whiskey has you have to sit on it for a while, so they probably sat on some stuff two years. Um, started releasing it. It's going to be a little bit more harsh. It's going to have. Uh, I mean, it's it's not for the faint of heart. He looked at me again, by the way. And I, I kind of I'm looking at everybody. I'm mostly the table. No, he's looking straight at you. Yeah, you know, you should, you should listen, feel convicted. This on is going to be awesome. <laughs> um, but so you know, those first couple of years, it, it takes a while to really get your distillery off the ground. So. Um, if it took them five years to get to a point where they're like, Hey, this is our, this is from our, you know, 300th barrel. They were probably, let's see this one. This was filled. Yeah. 2014. And it is always look for an age statement on your bottles. Anytime you go and buy something, if they have it. So this is, uh, so as he's looking for this, let me see, this is like two and a half years old. Okay. So. We already know that I'm not the smart one. It's We've had this conversation many times before. We're going to bounce. No, no, no. Oh, the barrel thing? Y'all never explained it that well. But I am going to ask you to. <laughs> we've, got, we've explained it almost exactly like that Merrick with Horse did, Soldier. Merrick did way better than y'all did. Horse Soldier was explained almost After, exactly the Horse same Soldier way. and Uncle Nearest. Like yeah. And, and all the Texas whiskeys that we talked about. Yeah. How like in 2008 when the market crashed, yeah. all these Texas companies started making vodka and I gin was so hungover and that tequila. I remember that. And now we have good Texas oh, whiskey because it's been aging. Merrick, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> Okay, smart asses. Here's my question: Is he's described this? He's given you background. He's given you everything. Five barrels before, because I don't think I've seen either one of you taste it yet. Have y'all tasted it I yet? Taste I have it? not. Okay, so JJ's tasted it. Ryan, don't taste it yet. I'm don't not. I'm it. just smelling. What do we think is a comparable, more mainstream whiskey before you even drink this? What mm. would be a comparable? Define whiskey mainstream. To this? Um, something more that is like I can't even pronounce that. I've never heard it until today. So like Cotton. something. Something that you're going to find more regularly that maybe some of the listeners know more readily. So ones that we've done or just like in just general? Just in general. Um, just like what would you walk in and it's something that you know the name of. Even if you haven't tasted it before, like you know that bottle. You know the name of that. Well, without test, tasting it, I can't tell you what it is. But at that proof, at that lower proof, that's something in like the whiskey world where folks start with like a TX or a Basil Hayden. Okay. Something really go soft, 80-ish proof, give or take, right? Okay. But without tasting it, I couldn't tell you what it tastes like. And this will be this this won't be super harsh on your palate. This is the the difference of this. So this is made out of Northern Virginia. Most of the ryes you taste on the market are made in Kentucky or they're made in Indiana. That's just generally where they come. You're saying that with a very disgusted look on your face, like it's blasphemous. It is not not blasphemous, but it is different. So I mean, what region of the country you get this stuff from? There, it completely impacts um, how everything comes across. 
<laughs> we're okay, so now that Ryan, you have... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's right. Ryan has tasted it. Mm-hmm. JJ's tasted it. Uh, what, do you, what, do we, what do we think? <clears throat> it doesn't taste... It doesn't drink like an 80 proof. It actually drinks a little higher, which is great for somebody that's... Oh, I want to get into whiskeys. I want to spend a lot of money. So you buy something normally a lower proof, less expensive. So it does not drink like an 80 proof, which is great. The interesting thing is that most ryes I have, I'm not a huge rye person, not a huge rye guy. Uh, They're usually a little sweet. And there's not very sweet in there, which I I like. I got to agree with you because that's what, uh, before we do this, I was talking to Merrick that rye is generally not up my alley because of the sweetness, and it doesn't have that. No, I like that. And that's neat. That's no drinking caramel, it neat. JJ. No caramel. No I'm caramel. not allowed to use the word. <laughs> nope. I did uh, not know that you were from uh, Northern Virginia, I it was where I was there for 13 years. Right. So I had no clue. Percyville, I had no clue that they had a distillery there or any of that type of stuff. He's going to start crying. When I graduated well, high school. Northern Virginia, isn't not that's not something in Northern Virginia that they're known for is their whiskey distilleries. Now, wine and stuff like that, you could Did you, you know that see? Virginia was the birthplace of American whiskey? No, but Northern Virginia definitely wouldn't is where you would think of it. Now, you would think of very Southern Virginia, okay. like the border with Tennessee. That's okay. where you would think of it. I can almost make a case right? for it, right? Because like George Washington, when he was trying to get away from like France and, and all of the other stuff, he was like the guys that Americans should make their whiskey. It's why you can you can actually distill um, at the house. That's why the bootleggers and stuff like that, you can distill a certain amount even outside of all the tea, the, the, the alcohol beverage commission laws yeah. and all that stuff. That's huh. why you can have at home distilleries, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and stuff like that. There's and I'm done da- for the day. There's I'm, a I'm damn history lesson. No, that's good. a good one because it was. So like a lot of – like even their inspiration is from – is based off of the distillery that was run out of Mount Vernon. Yeah. So that's kind of where a lot of that that pulls from, from like, you know, a source. Um, and then like Catoctin Creek, again, it's a it's a creek, right, that goes through Percival. They pull a lot of their water oh, man, from the Potomac on. and everything. Um, Did you just say that a creek is a creek? A creek that goes through Percival, throws through home. It goes right through it. That's why, you know, again, you you don't have to think too hard about where they get their name from. Um, They are, so this is kind of one of the, if I wanted to really nerd out, I would talk about who recently bought a majority stake in them. So, so Constellation Brands. So Constellation Brands, the same company that owns Corona Modelo Mm -hmm. is the same company that owns, um, uh, oh gosh, darn it. What's the distillery? High West. Uh, So they own High West. They don't completely own Catoctin, but they have they invested a significant amount of money um, into growing them. So it's a it's a nice sign when somebody comes in and gives you a, a heaping pile of cash that so hey you're doing posi- something right. It's a positive. It's a big positive, unless you're like some purist who's like I only drink craft stuff. It's like that's adorable. Almost nothing on the market is quote unquote craft. Most things are owned by one of five or six very very large. So is it similar companies. to like how Coke owns almost everything essentially? Yeah, I mean it's in, sort of, but it's, uh, InBev is probably. And the alcohol world is probably a little bit better okay. like idea of it. Like InBev owns Budweiser and all these other things. Like, right? So that so it's, they have all that stuff, and it's yeah. He could probably talk the economics of it a lot better. Is like they're just basically allowing them to shorten their their ability to get the stuff, and and and. But it it would be similar where like Monster came out energy drink, and it was their own brand, but then they were bought by Coca Cola or mm-hmm. Pepsi or whatever. Okay. Bang comes out, and they're their own energy brand, and then. The other big 
cola company buys them. It's kind of the same idea. Actually, even better. Um, you know the the line and Kugel. He's always got to one up everything. I do. That's what. That's how I roll. That's what he no, does. line and Kugel. No, this is a, this is a wife story. Who? I do enjoy line and Kugel. Uh, so line and Kugel is a, a beer. It's based out of uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. They have a, an agreement with Miller that they'll help distribute and they'll take part of the profits and stuff like that. So it's a similar type of thing. They're, they're giving them money and helping them market it. Is it a beer or an ale? It's a bail. It's so a they're going to... A bail? bail. Uh, dude, nice. I don't know. Not that we nerd. My last question on this and then we'll kind of transition this. Does that mean that they'll no longer distill in Virginia? Oh, they'll still distill in Virginia. Because you have to maintain your climate. Um, that's where, you know, whiskey gets all of its flavor by variable climates. Um, climate, water, all where, that yeah, stuff. You have, yeah. to, you have to just keep it very consistent. Really what... what Outside investment just helps you do is scale up. You either get nicer equipment, you can build more rick houses, you can age more. Um, but it's not really; it still doesn't change the the liquid in the bottle, not tremendously. So I, I said last question, but now I'm kind of I'm diving into this because you've talked about um, the fact that it. And well, excuse me, you didn't talk about it. These two told me months ago, apparently. Is how it takes how it takes certain amount of years before you can actually sell whiskey because you have to age it for so long. Will consumers not actually feel or taste any difference or see on the shelves any difference for multiple years, even though there's money behind it, because there's now, it's still going to take time for this money right. to, to fruition. Yeah. Am I following that the right way? If yep, somebody right. came from the you outside are. and actually influenced the process, yeah, you wouldn't see that for an extended period of time. Okay. Because, I mean, if, yeah, so if Constellation came in and bought them, a year, or they didn't even buy them. They just invested in them a year ago. Everything that's been in, you know sitting in their barrels is you know is distilled years ago. Right. So it, it you know unless somehow money changes the flavor of a barrel, I think yeah. you know, I think we'll be they'll they'll be all right. They'll be fine. How many bottles? Is there usually around a hundred bottles in a barrel? Is that right? It's like it's uh if you buy a barrel, I think you get like a hundred and fifty seven. Yeah, like somewhere around there. Yeah, milliliter bottles. That sounds right. So that's, that's why if you split yeah. it, if you go and that's, that's so a lot of people like if you got five buddies with a fair amount of cash, you can go buy a barrel. Like Jack Daniels does his best. You can go buy a barrel, um, and then when it's done aging, they ship like the right quantity to everybody, and then someone gets the actual barrel yeah. to keep. There's a great documentary on Netflix about that, but those guys didn't buy that barrel. They were stealing them. And that was, it was Beam when they were doing that. You know? I think it was. I thought it was Pappy. I thought it was. Uh, it was, Pappy, it was Pappy, Pappy, Pappy Bottles. Dude, it was, I'm not putting that It was Pappy was Bottles. It's already gone. But they were, they were yeah. also doing Jack Daniels barrels. They were literally stealing whole barrels of it. I mean, I respect that. I want a barrel. Do you want to try that one? You can go to uh, you can go to Lowe's and get a barrel. They're usually chopped like in half. So you know you can also go to Lowe's. You can get a Christmas tree that's too big for your house. Yeah, oh. those are facts. Speaking from experience, yeah, yeah, I'll show you the pictures. He, he, oh, no, he, he, like, I don't know Clark if it's an Elf or a Griswold thing, bit. man. It's like, like he quite literally died Clark Griswold. All right, right so, so 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 what we just had that was just like the eighty proof. Let me let me. Yep. Oh yeah, that's like a fourteen footer. Dude, that thing is a monster. Yeah. We tried, we tried to put it there. It didn't fit. There's so many I that's mean, what she you know, said. How do you find it doesn't fit? I mean, it's, you know. All right, so I'm kind of jumping the gun, but I am pouring this next one. I'm going to let Merrick kind of narrate it, and then we're going to pass this around and pour it out. So, yeah, so we just finished the, the 80 proof, kind of their standard round stone rye. What um, Evan is pouring now is one of their younger versions of this. It is a single <laughs> barrel, and it is uncut. So it is 58% alcohol. <laughs> It is 116 proof rye whiskey. Did you just shoot and that? And it's like, I haven't shot it. I haven't shot it. Did you just take I, a sniff? No, I sniffed it. Oh, and boy. It, and Jason <laughs> Tracer, when you listen to this, this has your Balcones beat. I'm just letting you know that right now. So oh, Lord. I mean, oh, crazy. Lord. Listen, when you build up, so it's not one of those snooty things. It's legit. When you build up a, a 
tolerance and a palate for high proof whiskey, it's just better. Like I don't if I have like a bottle of Buffalo Trace now, it is so unexciting. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's like the ultimate buzzkill. Um, and that's not to say there aren't good, low, you know, standard proof really whiskey good. out there. It's just to say that high proof stuff is more interesting. I yes. bought I brought some bookers to our Christmas party. We'll see if you know anyone's breaking into that. But that's like sixty eight percent alcohol. So Okay, you say more interesting. And earlier today, what did what did uh, uh, Jason have us take earlier today? What was that called? That was Some Chattanooga. Whiskey, 111 proof. That was 111 proof. So it was 111 yeah. proof. Like, look, it was delicious, and I am getting better at this. I could taste some things out of it, but I also regretted every bit of it because it felt like a f- dragon br- just made out with me and just breathed down my my throat. If that's I love the it. case, you just need a little bit of water. But why? Yeah, that doesn't help sometimes. So my question is, is why, in your opinion – is it make it more interesting? What is that? Can you expand on that? So when you cut anything with water, anything, any notes that are there are going to be simplified. So if you like, you know, when people are saying, oh, I smell, you know, cinnamon, I taste caramel, I, you know, er, this is herbal, not, this is minty, whatever it may be. A lot of people just kind of say it because it makes them sound good. I don't know. At the you... end of the day, I pretty much just say either if I like it or not. Um, if you don't have the palate for high-proof whiskey, and you cut it with just a little bit of water, it, it's a different experience. Okay. All right. I mean, I smelled it, and guys, I'm going to be real honest. It smells delicious, it, but it also... so like, It has it, legs. Like, it, it's like, coming with it. Like, yeah. watch my glass when I put it down. Like, it claws That's, to the top and doesn't want to slide down. It's <laughs> tremendous. Um, like, it does not want to slide down the glass. This is a barrel pick. So anytime you have a yeah. – so that's kind of the, – the, the new big thing in whiskey is like barrel picks, meaning that somebody from whatever store, store picks you or barrel picks, they yeah. went and they tried it and they said there's something about yeah. this barrel that is unique and I think my clientele <laughs> would like it. Yep. So this, this was from Carruthers uh, Wine and Spirits in Nashville, Tennessee, which I, when I was living there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a barrel pick from a distillery from my hometown where I'm living. That's like a double-double. I was very, very excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so it's – 100. If you like when you got your your store, like your liquor store, and you know the buyer and who goes and does all these tastes, like you get to learn a lot about their preferences, and maybe that lines up, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Uh, but barrel picks are really a, a, like an awesome new yeah. trend for the the whiskey industry and even the tequila um, industry as a whole as well. That's going to be kind of a, a, a new thing popping up. But this. So I've, I just tasted. I haven't it, and tasted I've, it. I've yet. got my. I've I figured it out. I figured it out. I've I've got my equation or my my um, parallel. Oh, higher proof that's whiskey. Really good. Higher proof whiskey is spicy seafood. Spicy. That's what seafood? it is. It's it's like seafood. It's seafood? like Cajun. Like Cajun. How if you go so if right now if I go down the road and I go to wherever and I get a seafood dinner. Somewhere here, doesn't matter, here being in Dallas, Fort Worth area. It's a good seafood dinner. It might have some spice. I lived in Louisiana for four years. Seafood in Louisiana is a completely different world, spice-wise, than seafood in anywhere else that I've ever been. I've never been on the East Coast, so I can't claim about East Coast or anything like that. But the first they don't do thing, spice back there. The first thing that I noticed when Old I went day. to Louisiana <laughs> yeah. is that... Not much like whiskey, and I'm getting to a point here, much like whiskey, the first time I had Louisiana seafood, I tasted nothing but my face was on fire. <laughs> oh, Cajun redfish, dude. Like, oh. that was the f- – we did crawfish the first time. We did, um, like, the, the corn on the cobs in the crawfish broil. Like, they were miserable. 
The first time that we did Balcones and high proof whiskey was terrible here. What I will say, this was still pretty bad, but there is so much more flavor as you get. Like, yeah. And I have not done it much. Everybody on this pod that's listened to like, I don't do high proof much. That's pretty delicious. I just wish it didn't kick me in the face so damn hard. So with me on this one, it's not – it's like it kicks in – like it's got a burn, but there's a lot more flavor in it than the lower proof. It, I agree. It's like there's 100%. A, there's and it's 100%. Like, I couldn't yeah. pick out many flavors in the low proof, right. to be honest with you. I'm sitting there. It's like it's a really good whiskey. I really enjoyed it, but I'm like, eh. They, they almost drink the opposite way. Yeah. Yep. Like the 80 proof almost drinks like it's way over 100. And it's like, yeah. man, that's a little stiff. But And then you come into the, the high proof one. Yeah. And I've got so many more different flavors, apples and green apples and stuff like that. Of course. I didn't say the, the C word. You did um, fine. So, but the burn as it just, it's, it's man, I want to sit on a like freezing patio, 30 degrees, bundle up with a jacket, go skiing, something yeah. like you that. You don't even need a flipping jacket. No. And just drink that one. And the burn just stays with you in your belly on that one. Yeah. It's good. And that's it's, really good, actually. It's, it's not that I, it's, and it's not for me. It's not this we, unenjoyable burn. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so, um, hey, try it. Try it with a little bit. I just see if it's different. I for would you. be kind of like, like if it changes. So Jason is, or not Jason. JJ is right. I'm not that drunk. I promise. JJ is right in the fact that <clears throat> it just feels like you get this fantastic taste, and then it's fire. I'm just keeps kind of dripping down. Yeah. Your your sternum. The uh, fact that the the rye. There's and not that many ryes that are that high in proof. I just, I'm trying to go through my brain and like think of a high proof rye that's out there that. There's not a lot. And, no, they, and that's why I was so excited when I found this. And that's why I love what they do. It's like, it's what makes them unique. So they do awesome distillery releases, which is a real pain in the butt. Cause like, how often do I get back to Percival, Virginia, sure. where none of my I'm family okay. lives anymore? Uh, so they do a lot of awesome releases. They have cask strength. Uh, offerings on the shelf. So I can go to Total Wine right down here in Plano and go get a cash strength Roundstone Rye. Right. Um, but I haven't finished these two yet, so I'll get there eventually. I'm yet. Quick 20 timeout. Y'all need to put ice on it. I'm telling you right now. All right. Oh, really? like, is, you need to put ice that's, on it. That's going to do it for you? You know, how, you know my phrase is always, you can get in trouble. Yeah. You can get in a whole lot of trouble. You put ice on this. Also, just as a, just, uh, just this is my rant. Rye whiskey makes better cocktails than non rye whiskey. God bless it. I, I told mean, you. it's like it Dude, is not. Uh, you kind of you gotta put you gotta. I mean, like it's, you gotta. Like it damn just, it, it takes the burn and the burn's gone. The flavor's still there. It's not you, gone. It's just it, it <clears throat> mutes it. Put, All right, so one. I think y'all have answered this before, and I, I, so, the three of you answer this. This company makes both of these whiskeys. All right, how is one eighty proof? And is one a hundred and whatever this is. So, so, yeah, so, so the 80 proof is water. They take it out of the barrel. Okay. They figure out what proof it is. Okay. And they add water to it okay. until it's 80 proof. They cut it. That's it. They just okay. use a, they That's just the use word. A, like a purified like water. Cocaine. Yeah. So it comes out of the barrel. I don't know anybody so that does one, that. <laughs> this one came out of the barrel. Okay. And they just, they, they made sure there were no chunks, no floaties in it. You know, filtered it very and simply. They it a, and they put it in a bottle. bottle. Boom. So that is, is the highest thing that they can do. Yep. Well, it's not that they can do. It's just whatever barrel. When it was aged and it was, okay. Because they and can leave it longer. Be if yeah. they leave it longer, it can get higher in proof. But sometimes then they lose the flavor profile. It can go both so ways. So it, it's a, yep. 
Like so, it's a balancing act of okay. are they looking for a little higher but less flavor or vice versa? So there's a sweet spot. Happens the barrel breathes, which is what gives it the flavor. Says so it moves. Is it moves? The why it gets the color right? It moves. It moves some of the, whisk, of the, the alcohol into the wood and then pulls it in. As it, that's why. Oh, I didn't know. That. So, so it's alcohol, like it breathes. So it's like yeah. your your the like the wood in your house. If you had, used to have old hardwood floors, yeah. like they would expand and contract right. with the season. The the barrels are doing that, and it's pulling whiskey in and pull and pushing it out and pulling okay. it in and pushing it out. So if you had super old whiskey, so like when people like when people talk about like you know super happy twenty three year or whatever. That is a a lower proof because alcohol uh, over so many years has evaporated out, and they call that the angel's share. So when alcohol leaves the barrel, it goes up into wherever, and and that's the angel's share. And then what gets trapped in the barrel is called the devil's cut. So that's why, like, you have like Jim Beam's devil's cut, where they make they take whiskey, they grab some of the staves, they basically just like compress them and squeeze the whiskey out and kind of mix it all together. But so like when you talk about so like there's like angel's envy. And that's kind of that's their play on angel shares. That like, hey, you guys didn't get the good stuff. We kept it in the now, barrel. So there's creative, you know, he's names got like me. That. He's got me reeling here. He's got me thinking. He's got my he's got my ticker going here. Let's we talk about Irish whiskeys being pot stilled. Does right. that have anything? These to do are with pot the, stilled too. They still have to go into barrels. Yes. yes, they still yes. have to go into a barrel. They still have to go into a barrel. Correct. So that's how the Irish whiskey still gets the brown in it. Correct. It still, it still has the a- flavor and the coloring, and it pulls it from the barrels. So the mother is still clear, right? So when it comes out of the stills, <laughs> yeah. no matter whether it's a copper pot it's still moonshine. or whatever still, it, it is. Basically. It's moonshine. Okay. Um, right. And then it's it's clear. Um, it goes into its vodka. You know, there's another okay. one, yeah. right? So it goes straight into the um, into the barrels, and then it has to age, and that's why it has to age so many years. But so, so like when- Irish whiskey doesn't char a barrel. Like American whiskey makers do, right? Okay, so going then just tying things together in our whatever second to last podcast or whenever when we did Red Spot, when they go and take Jameson's quote unquote whiskey, they're taking their moonshine and then they're going and aging it in their own barrels, or are they possibly taking it from- or they may they may they may have it in Jameson barrels and do just do different aging. They may put it in different barrels. Like they have a like the green spot that we did has a Chateau Montalegno, which is a winery in California mm-hmm. um that that put Napa on the map and then they use their Zinfandel or, or cab mm-hmm. for, uh, you know uh things that had um, wine in it for 2-3 years. And then it's got all that wine flavoring, and now it's moving whiskey through that wine flavoring, so it'll give it a little bit more sweet flavors. Genius. This may be the most educational podcast that we've had. Like, this has been a really well, – we no did bits, the, this has been a really fun educational podcast. Well, we did a Chattanooga earlier. Yeah. Did you look in the bottom of the glass? You could see all the remnants in the bottom of the glass. When Jason, when Jason gave it to me? Uh-huh. No, he gave me a Dixie cup, and he said, take this, and I took it, and then I wanted to throw oh, it. Well, if you had looked in the bottom of that Dixie cup, in the bottom of it, you would have seen – a bunch of particles and things of that nature yeah. from the filtration process or lack thereof. Where like this one, like this one, there's there's nothing in the bottom of my glass. Like that's so, it. So as as like comparison, this this is the second rye we've had. Angela, the the only other rye we've done is a guest brought it. So Angela brought it um, on here, and she brought a unicorn that you can't get. It was the the it was the E H Taylor rye. Yeah, Taylor, and my opinion, it was not good. No, I, look. I think I, I told enjoyed her that. it. And she was super offended. No, so I do. Like I, I enjoy, I enjoy I E.H. Taylor. So I was a little, ex- yeah, for sure. I was a little excited when she brought it. It was not good. No, this, this, this destroys it. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is yeah. Completely blows it out of the damn water. Especially okay. at that proof. Yeah. I mean, man, we could talk about this for the next. I know. Hour. I could literally like, go on for days, keep, and that's yeah. why I have well, to kind of like we can't yeah. pull because back. we do have to. We have to wrap it up, but. 
Merrick, you've never been a part of this. Uh, you'll be third. Uh, it's our tradition or whatever we do. How we roll. You have 45 seconds to a minute and you're talking to possibly a billionaire or a homeless man on the side of the road about this whiskey. What do you tell them, Ryan? Oh, I'm starting on this one on the, both of them. Yeah, you can separate them. So we'll say a minute 30. I saw, I don't need a minute 30 no, on those. No. So for both of those folks, whether you're the homeless person or the billionaire, I say, uh, skip the 80 proof. Skip the 80 proof, go straight to the, uh, especially if you can get a store pick like this, but go to the, to the barrel and uh, start with cutting it. I would start with cutting it with some ice. That's the way that I feel like they would like it the we most coming out the gate. Ice, though, did we? I mean, we talked about it. We didn't do, we didn't do smells and stuff, which I was okay with because yeah. I'm so congested. I can't really well, smell no, I anything. I taste too much with it anyway. I mean, like the other one that could. Well, I mean, you, sorry, sorry, you can you throw, but you can throw that into okay. you're talking sure. the billionaire or the homeless. Got it. Like, yeah. I would tell them. I would tell them to skip the eighty, go straight to the to the barrel, to the high proof one, cut it with a little bit of ice because it is, it's fantastic both ways. It is super fantastic with just a little ice cube in there. Like it is, it's a play. It's a playground. It's a playground in your mouth. Yeah. It's super good. <laughs> playground. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, for me, either one. If you can find this, get it. Doesn't matter which one. Like I'm, I'm down with either one. Starting, not starting, wherever. If you can find this one, because for me, finding a Virginia rye is not going to be something I'm going to go look for. If you can find this one, get it, because it is worth putting in your cabinet, in my opinion. Did we say before we go to Merrick? Did we say what price point was? So the their standard round stone rye is thirty eight dollars a bottle. Okay. Um, and then I know their cash ranks offering offerings go from like. 55 to 65 so it's a little bit more yeah. expensive but i mean from a quality perspective and that's yeah. is that kind of a, that's kind of it on the upper end for rise it is on the yeah it's on the because they were again smaller craft yeah, no, and I'm, honestly it's, I, quality it's good no so with that like i don't if you can find it get that it's it is worth it to put in your thing and i'm not like i don't like a lot of rise they usually give me headaches I, like i'm down get that one either one um is is worth the pickup but if you can find the cash strength definitely get that one Merrick, it's yours. What do you say? There's a sleepy little town about an hour west. Ooh, uh, wait a minute. I'm gonna wow. He's been practicing. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Yes. Uh, so, again, this is deeply personal to me. Uh, most of, uh, like, 16 years I lived in the Percival, Virginia area. Um, when I found out that this distillery was, start up, was starting up, I was very, very upset that it did not have its kind of, like, it wasn't as established as it was when we lived there. Um, I have been meaning to go back and when I go back, I'm be very excited. Please. Yeah. If you see this on the shelf, if you see barrel picks or cash strengths, go with that. If you like mixing cocktails or doing old fashions at home, the rye, the, their roundstone rye is a great way to go. I just think rye goes better in cocktails. Um, but you know, they're higher proof. If you can find a barrel pick, if you're going to find a barrel pick of any whiskey you like. Always go with that versus their regular offering uh, because somebody else tried it and thought it was exceptional. Um, yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. Like, yeah. it, I have a lot of whiskey at home. He was and nervous. I thought about like Sarah. He was like, real Sarah nervous. Was like, what are you gonna bring? He's like, I don't know. And it was great that I had two of these that were that were the same mash bill. Yeah, but aged differently and cut differently. Oh, I didn't um, realize this. The same this mash was great. Bill. Yep. So they're both the same mash bill. Uh, it just you know they turned out different. And uh, yeah, I'm glad everybody liked it. I'm super excited. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share it. Shout out Loudon County. Yes. 
Yes, Whatever yes. it is. I got to – mine's 30 seconds. I would agree with everybody else. The 80 proof, um, to be honest, I could leave it on the side of the road. Um, <laughs> that round stone rye, though, uh, it's delicious, man. I wouldn't obviously I the could, barrel, the barrel strength, the cash strength. The cash strength was uh, delicious. The um, eighty proof. No, no, no. I'm talking about drinking it neat yeah. was not what I would do. I would put it on ice. It was good it, with ice. It was. I did, it I, you was, know what? It was quite delicious with ice. Uh, and yeah, man, I would echo JJ. If you can get your hands on it, do it, man. It's delicious. I think so. I mean, it's one of the better ones that we've had. So, uh, other than that, Merrick. Uh, we really, really appreciate you getting on here, man. Uh, this is going to be an outstanding podcast, and hopefully, we can have you back again. Yes, uh, please, because he brings good stuff. We're going to have you. Back. I have, I have a lot of really nice stuff at home <laughs> that I don't get to use, and nice whiskey is meant to be shared. I feel strongly about it. I'm glad I'm the only one that doesn't get to flex on this podcast. And there we go. <laughs> on that, guys, we will catch up with y'all on the next episode. This is Evan signing off, and everybody else, see ya. See y'all. Adios.